You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Ooh, welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on with our exclusive coverage of the television show that is called Third Watch. We are in to part two of our collateral damage recaps. It's the 15th episode of the fourth season. First aired on the 10th of February 2003. It was written by Siobhan Byrne O'Connor and it was directed by someone you might be familiar with, Mr. Skip Suddeth, in his directorial debut on Third Watch, at least. Um, yes, indeed, I'm very familiar with Skip. Yes, you are. So, uh, it doesn't appear in the episode, but uh, he appears behind the camera. So. Sadly, no. Sadly, no. But here he is, Skip Suddeth, in his uh, directorial debut. And I think he does a few more, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, two yeah, more episodes so. after this. He'll do The Spirit um, in Season 5. And he will do... One I know you're looking forward to ripping into. Absolutely. And he will do How Do You Spell Belief, the third Everlast episode in um, the final season. Which, can I just... um can I just please read the synopsis of How Do You Spell Belief quickly here, Darvell? Just quickly, just for those at home. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, it'll be long forgotten by the time we get to it. Carlos buys a ring. A young man's parents are shot and Finney and Davis are left for dead in their upturned car. Emily is invited to the vampire club and rejects them. <laughs> and Grace is disturbed by her feelings towards Finney when he is injured. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, Grace equals meh. Um, <laughs> but, sorry, vampires. Third watch. Oh, God, we can cover that one day, don't we? Anyway, um, huh? collateral damage part two. You're listening to this on the same day that we released part one, hopefully. Uh, oh, by the way, my mm-hmm. name is Ben, uh, and I've been watching you. Oh, that's creepy. My name is Darvell, and and you're giving me gray hairs. Oh, sorry. I didn't think you had any hair. But um, anyway, all right. Um, <laughs> too soon? Uh, well, yes. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you're giving me gray hairs, Jimmy. Collateral damage part two. Uh, I've been last week. Well, yes, whatever. The last episode, you rented it. Uh, can we improve on the last episode, do you think, Devil? Because as we've seen so far this season... Maybe. E- Maybe. Every single one of our two-parters that we've covered so far, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I am mistaken, uh, the second one's always ended up being worse. No, Judgment Day Part 2 was better than Part 1. Uh, but both were top six episodes, and, so uh, that's a very... And... Cu- and and crime and punishment, both those were both those we agreed were pretty good. Uh, I did, but so. uh, I'm just looking at my rankings here, and I had crime and punishment part two a lot lower than crime and punishment part one. So, um, we'll see how this goes. Um, but let's just say this straight away: this is no Judgment Day part two, which uh, I currently no, have as isn't. the third greatest episode of Third Watch of all time. This ain't the third greatest episode of uh, all time, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but where we left off, of course, is that uh, our beloved duo of Bosco and Cruz were blown up in a house uh, with Letty, Cruz's sister, um, Animal, who, if we don't uh, weren't need a reminding, your freaking sister! One of the worst acting we've ever had in Third Watch. And this was the cliffhanger that we ended up in, because again, they're in a massive house, they got blown up, and do we think they're going to survive? Of course they are. Um... I, I'm still trying to work that out. The entire The entire house goes up goes up pretty much the whole house and how i mean how did how do they how do they not even get how do they not not just get killed how, how do they not get burned a little bit at least i mean come on Hashtag third watch logic um i mean I, I love this show 
But, uh, you know, again, particularly Bosco, uh, twice this season in a cliffhanger has somehow survived, um, without a scratch on him. So, yeah, I don't get it. But anyway, so the cops show up, the firefighters show up, the paramedics show up, everyone's here, it's a party, it's a third watch party. Uh, and they're here to put yeah, the fire out. This is probably the one episode where we where we get. I know you say that there's one episode every season where we get everybody, and I think this is it for season four. Uh, I mean, even then, I wouldn't necessarily agree because I I, I I kind of mean like as a as a season like as an episode long arc. This is kind of fizzled out in ten minutes. So I mean, I definitely see what you're saying. You're you're not wrong. Um, Sally's not here. I guess he's behind the camera. I mean, my. Yeah, I, I don't even know if season four really has one. I mean, there, there's bits and pieces. I mean, Last Call is kind of the one sort of obscure episode of the season, which sort of has everyone show up. Not everyone, but yeah, it's... I mean, Last Call, I guess, is kind of your after hours, your Ohio, you know, it's it's that one non-emergency episode, isn't it, where it's kind of more about the characters and their job, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. I can't wait for that, it's only a few weeks away. But, so, everyone's showing up here to save the day, because somehow Cruz and Bosco survived this explosion. We get a little line here from uh, Swirsky as he gets out of the car with Davis. Is Sullivan really sick? Um, because we've got to explain, A, why he's not in this episode... And B, that his alcohol problem is coming up again, because again, we're thinking it's gone away, but it's back. Um, a lot of, a lot of this, I think I can just really lump together, because we've kind of just, as I said, really the opening 10 minutes is about rescuing them. Um, so we've sort of got Bosco and Cruz underneath, uh, trying to call for help, but no one can hear them. Uh, we discover that this blonde woman is pregnant. And of course, she's going to go into labor, isn't she? Because why wouldn't she to add to the emergency? Um, then more explosions. And it's a stressful situation. I mean, come on. Yep. More explosions. That, that'd be enough to. That'd be enough to make any pregnant woman go into labor, I think. More, more explosions are going off in the house as well as Jimmy and that trying to get inside. They're not sure if they're actually inside or not, so they're just really trying to push and find out. Um, then we have the opening credits. We've still got Emily, whoop de doo Yokus uh, is there, and um, Yokus, I guess, is pressuring Emily to sort of talk about Eric and what he did to her, um, and... Fred is essentially telling Yokus to go outside and Yokus is saying, Lay off. we need to do this now. And yeah, just, you know, conflict that's happening. And I, 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 I agree with Fred Yeah, in that regard. So I, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, I understand where faith is coming from, but I mean, come on, I th- your daughter, your daughter just woke up. You should be, you should, you shouldn't go into cop mode right when she wakes up. Let her, let her wake up, let her adjust, let her recover a little bit. Mm. Which I think... Maybe take this time to actually get to know her. Yeah, and I, and I think <laughs> kind of this is the implication of why they're doing it. It's kind of, you know, the, and this is where this episode maybe does it slightly better because I think that, you know, we I complained a little bit about last episode, a little bit, I complained a lot about last episode, how it was convoluted. It didn't really make a whole lot of sense of what they were trying to do, you know, without it really being effective. I think kind of... This one, it sort of works a little bit more just with Yokus, you know, in that cop slash mother mode of trying to, you know, get to the bottom of it and, you know, obviously believe that, you know, her daughter's innocent and that somebody did this to her. So, you know, I think it works just slightly a little bit better in this episode, but still has its issues. 
Uh, meanwhile, at the rescue, there's, you know, Bosco and Cruz are still trying to get some attention because nobody knows that they're in the basement just yet. There's another huge explosion. We kind of get a moment between Taylor and Walsh looking at each other just as the fire goes out of the building. And again, they're going to survive that. Yay. Um, good for them. Um, meanwhile, Yokus is in the, uh, hospital as a doctor's giving a checkup to Emily. And this is the, the, the only thing that of these two episodes that I actually really enjoy. And I actually f- completely forget that this is in this episode. I always assume that this flashback is in a later episode when Bosco and Yokus are actually having real issues in their partnership, which I'm just going to say, I wish they did that because... While I'm ex- it would have fit better there. Yeah, I'm thrilled that we get this flashback moment where we see them meet. I think it's fantastic, and I think it works, but it works better in another episode. It's kind of like, Yokus is having a lot of flashbacks at the moment, and I don't know why she's sort of having this flashback of her meeting Bosco in this episode. It just feels weird and not in the right episode. So, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, Which episode do you think it would have fit better in? Just, again, in a few episodes' time when these two are having issues with each other. Like, you know, maybe we have it in, in 10.13. You know, maybe we have it in Everybody Lies. Like, I don't know. Just when they're really having... Because like, I, I guess that's a huge thing that we have at the end of this season, isn't it? Where these two really have a huge falling out. And we've sort of discussed a little bit about how... You know, these two are never really are permanently together for the rest of the show. And I think kind of season four is the season where they split these two up. And then moving past season four, we have what, maybe a few episodes spread in season five where these two are together and then that's it. So I kind of feel that pretty much we need, we needed this in a bit when they're fighting because this is. To me, this is, until right now, the perennial partnership of any of our emergency services workers. It's Bosco and Yokus, more so than Davis and Sully, more so than Doc and Carlos, more so than Kim and Bobby. You know, I think that kind of this is the one that stood the test of time, and sadly, it doesn't last the whole six seasons. But I just feel that as great as all this flashback stuff is, it needed to be in another episode. Yeah, I can can see that because... um... I mean, what is where where they are right now? I mean, what does that have to do with Faith remembering her early days at the academy and the beginning of her friendship with Bosco? Exactly, exactly. So this is where it does. Or go ahead. I was going to say, or maybe she's remembering, you know, the lengths to the lengths to which Bosco went to try to help her find to try to help to help her find Emily. Possibly, but you don't. And you don't, yeah, I mean, that could be a reason, but you just don't get that, though. That's where it just doesn't make sense. So if that's what they're going for, I feel we needed a bit more, you know, juxtaposition between the two moments where it makes sense. Whereas, yeah, I don't know, like, it's a, it's an interesting point you make there. I just, if it is, it doesn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the one thing I like about this flashback, though, too, because, um, Third Watch will revisit a flashback again in season six with Sully. Um, and I think, obviously, the yeah. difference here is that they use, you know, both Jason Wiles and Molly Price are playing themselves as younger people. Whereas, I guess, it, it you can't really do it with Sully because he's been on the job for a lot longer. So, they do get another actor to play a younger Sully. A, a very well-cast actor as a younger Sully, I will say. Yeah, but... 
Um, but I do like this sort of moment where you get Yokus getting out of the taxi. She, she is on her first day out of the academy or at the academy, I guess, isn't she? Um, she, she rock. Yeah. Rock, first day at the academy. Shows up, speaks to the taxi driver. She sort of looks around and sort of smile on her face, getting ready for everything. And then we meet Bosco for the first time, who of course is very much Bosco, just being a real jerk to everybody as he gets out of there has a bit of a chat to uh yokus says you look like a mother and then she basically you know he goes off at it well, doesn't really go you look like it. an ass you look like an ass then bosco goes off at a fat <laughs> guy like ass, yeah. <laughs> because why not <laughs> uh, it's it's been a while since we've really seen cocky little sob bosco like this hasn't it really been a whole season i mean it's, it really has so i like it really this. has and again we don't necessarily get a chance to see bosco like this a lot moving forward either so you know, nice little last I mean, it, callback moment here for Bosco. Yeah, I mean, it shows it, but if anything, it shows how he's in a lot of, in some ways, how he's how he's grown up. Yeah, absolutely, very good. You point. know, yeah, completely agree. Because, um, and I have, I, I haven't been able to figure this out. Was that? I wonder. Was that? Was that? It wasn't really made clear. Was that Bosco's first day at the academy also, yeah. or had he been there a while? No, I, or? he sort of is walking through the crowd too. So, I mean, I'm assuming it's his first day on the on the academy as well. So, yeah, that's I guess that would be my assumption, at least, with it. Um, we Meanwhile, cut back to the house on fire. Jimmy somehow has gotten burnt. We never see, but okay. Uh, so he's getting looked at. Bosco is still trying to find a way out. He finds some barrels in the uh, the basement. Um, Storage closet, yeah. We're finding out that a lot of the doors and everything are hammered shut because they don't want the cops to get in. Uh, we see Cruz sort of nursing. Did it ever occur to you that people wouldn't be able to get out? Cruz nursing Letty. Uh, <laughs> you know, we don't we yeah. assume she's just resting. Uh, Bosco then uh, finds finally uh, a radio that works. Uh, and that lets people on the, uh, surface know that they're okay. Um, then they're trying to, I guess, rush this pregnant woman up to go through first. They, uh, they're gonna smash through some windows in a second to get out there. But meanwhile, we're gonna get another flashback of Bosco and Yokus in the academy shooting. And I don't know, again, if this is trying to imply now that Bosco's having the same flashback as Yokus is, because this is kind of coming from, uh, Bosco's perspective now. And uh, this is where we sort of get a nice little moment between these two where we find out Yokus can't shoot for a damn. Bosco shoots very well, kind of gives her some advice. And they uh, essentially talk themselves into uh, becoming study buddies, coming in early the next morning to help each other out. And uh, Bosco says that together we'd make one pretty good cop. So I do kind of like how this partnership started. I do like sort of how... And they do. Yeah. And uh, when Bosco obviously, you know, says, I've been watching you, and Yoko's just sort of like, oh, I'm flattered, but I'm married. So maybe the one and only time that there is an implication of flirting between these two, and that is on their first day in the academy. So, um, yeah. yeah. I still don't understand why pe- why some people through- why some people throughout the show, and of course they're entitled to their opinions, but I don't understand why some people ship these two, because... That's not the, that's not their partnership. That's not their pairing. And it really isn't. I think in the beautiful world of the internet, when you have the ability to write fan fiction, um, that anybody will ship anybody. I have seen some of the most awkward, yeah. obscure, weird shipping couples on any show I can imagine out there, Darvell. It's, it's a weird and wonderful world, what people think. And 
I remember back when I was uh, 18, I had, was dating this girl and we, you know, I, I think that was when I discovered how to get some of these seasons of Third Watch um, by means that might not necessarily be of the correct manner. Um, so I had gotten some of these DVDs <laughs> and I think because this was pre-season two ever being released on DVD. So I was watching season two on DVD and I remember she was watching it with me and she was a big fan of the pairing of Yokus and Sully, and she wanted these two to be shipped together. So, a Sully and Yokus romantic pairing. Yeah, I completely agree. So, um, yeah, I've I've seen ones online of Bosco and Jimmy. Um, like I mean, Bosco and Yo- Bosco and Bosco and Yokus. I mean, that wouldn't have worked either. But at least that would have been plausible. Hmm. You know, at least that at least that would have been, you know, somewhat understandable. Yokus and Sully don't know. There's just no redeeming quality to that. We've talked a lot, I think, over these episodes though, about what makes Bosco and Yokus so good is that it's it's never implied that there's any sort of anything with them. And that is just such a strong pairing where you can have a male female couple and not be romantic. I mean I don't know if you still watch Blue Blue Bloods, but it's kind of, you know... Oh, I do. And I was actually getting ready to mention that, to mention that, hey, I'm guilty of shipping as well. I've wanted to see Jamie and Eddie together for a while. I think, yeah, and look, I'm with you. I think the difference with Jamie and Eddie is that it's always been there, hasn't it? It's always been implied. Yes, it has. Spoiler alert, if you're not up to date with Blue Bloods, they've kind of obviously gone to a next level with that. But it's still... Finally. I guess... There's a there's a difference. They they I mean like um Byers and and Reagan Danny like it's you yes. know that's purely platonic. So I think that kind of you know it's a Bosco Jimmy kind of thing there. So a Jimmy Bosco Jimmy. I've got that on the mind as soon as I mentioned that as a fan fiction <laughs> thing before. You know, Bosco and Jimmy. Um. Anyway, Bosco and Faith. Yes. Thank you very much. Just to uh. <laughs> to clear that up um so we then have yokus and fred now um having an argument about emily wanting to go home good for them we see on the tv the fire which again still they're trying to get out of bosco finally finds some boards he breaks his way through it and this is where the crew can pull them out of the way they somehow fit a pregnant woman through this tiny little opening good for them um they had to saw it they had to saw it to saw it to get it to make it wider though right uh well i mean they kind of to widen not the really no because it's kind of just a small little gap in a window that they take the bars out that's essentially what they do um oh yeah, once she's right. out they sawed the bars off I jimmy forgot. and everybody is um you know screaming at bosco and cruz to come out but this is where we find out that sadly letty has died she died in cruz's arms um what a tragedy that we lost letty uh <laughs> i mean who we who we established last week, last week we probably would have felt more sympathetic for had this been slowly built up. Yeah, yeah, we established this last week. We're not going to sit here and rip into well, Paul Letty. Not again. last week. Um, last recording. Well, you know what I mean. Um, Bosco sort of yeah. staring at Cruz a little bit as she's just sitting there, being looked at by the paramedics, and um, she goes to get driven off, and Bosco obviously uh, gets in the ambulance. With her, uh, meanwhile, Emily's getting discharged. Whoop-de-doo. Um, Yokus has another flashback. Um, this is, uh, what, their day of their graduation, I guess, and we find out that uh, recruits yep. aren't allowed to use the elevator. 
okay. Why um, not? Don't know. <laughs> um, and sort of hey, any NYPD people on any NYPD people listening? Is that a thing? Yeah. Are recruits not allowed to use the ele- are recruits really not allowed to use an elevator? I, I'm guessing it might be a certain type of elevator. I'm guessing I don't know, but yeah, I, I would I would love to find that out too. I think that would be fascinating to see if that's. You know, one of these things where one of their uh, NYPD advisors on the show has, has told them this is what happens on Academy Day. Um, so we have this sort of this bit of conversation between Bosco and Yokus, and we find out Yokus is having a big old uh, get-together at her house to celebrate, and uh, Bosco doesn't really do family things. We find out Bosco's got a date um, that he doesn't want to go over and celebrate with uh, Yokus. We get some great acting between these two, which just really shows us how good yeah. their chemistry is. Uh, between the pair of them. It's so good. Um, and then we sort of get Bosco sneaking off into the elevator and he does a little, you know, shh, don't tell anyone as he's going up in the elevator. Fun little scene between <laughs> these two. Again, just not... Yep. Just doesn't fit in this episode. I don't know why on earth it's in there. It's a... Yeah, they're, they're good flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just out of place. Uh, back in real life, uh, Cruz and Bosco show up. We've got random uh, paramedic there i don't know who she is some random blonde paramedic but i mean if we've got the ability to have random paramedics that aren't eve then um why don't we have more paramedics sort of paired up with some people where's taylor like again she was there before but kim's here having a little bit of a chat and doc's there and oh it's just all about this that and everything else i don't understand it cruz is a little yeah sad. not really much to say cruz is uh Walking off, she's sad. She sees Emily getting discharged. Um, Yokus sort of questions Cruz about uh, what happened. And uh, this is when they have a bit of a conversation with Bosco about what happened. Her sister overdosed on drugs, and Bosco keeps staring at Emily as Emily has a little bit of a guilty, sad look on her face. And this is what meant to be some sort of stare off between, like, don't keep taking drugs, Emily. You'll end up like her sister. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a it's a weird little yeah. moment. Crew sits on a bench. Um, yep, she's just a little bit sad. Um, I'm just skipping over. And a lot it's of stuff understandable here. that she is. Yeah, absolutely, it really is. We'll get Bosco following up her in a little bit. Bosco sees a pregnant woman who's had the baby. The baby's completely safe. Um, she gives up the information about where Animal will be, even though Bosco's not there to question oh. her. Oh, and can I can I say that I love that little exchange between between Linda, that was her name, right? Yeah, Linda, and and Bosco, where where she was asking, you know, what what's your what's your name, and and she and and then he told her, and then uh, she asked him if he had a middle name, and she was like, I'm sorry, I'm just not naming my son Maurice. That gave me a little bit of a chuckle because and, and we find out it, it was middle, a nice little moment, and we find out that his middle name is Lewis. So uh, I don't know if we've yes. heard that uh, before, perhaps. No, not sure. No, we haven't. There we go. And I mean, it was it was a nice little moment. They probably end up saying his and middle names like Jack in a few seasons' time because they seem to forget what they name their characters at some point. Um, Bosco <laughs> finds Cruz, uh, says that he will leave her alone, but she asks him to sit there and. See, this is again. This is a nice scene. This is kind of humanizing Cruz. Obviously, when she's saying like. You know, um, she's been dead for a long time now. You know, I became a cop to keep drugs from her. Uh, and sort of giving this great speech about, you know, the reason why people go into drugs is because they get, I guess, uh, more money off it than they do for food stamps. 
Um, and, you know, Bosco obviously apologising, saying he's really sorry for her sister. And I just think that this is a scene that should have more weight to it. It should be more powerful. We should be really feeling for Cruz here because finally they've got a bit of human side to her. But it's just such a rush. But again, they rushed it too much. Yeah, they rushed it. They rushed it with Letty. So, we like, there's no weight there for us to care that much just because why should we care about Letty? Um, but... I mean, it's well acted. Tita Harder owns this scene so well. And yes. everything about this is a great scene. It just doesn't have that same effect that I think it should have. So, I mean, this is where there are minor things about this episode that are definitely better than last episode. So, and this is like yep. one of those sort of well acted enough scenes that it's there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to really say about this scene. If you've got anything else to add. No, not much. Not much. Uh, we've then got Kim and Doc. Um, and Kim basically straight away is like, I'm ready. Let's go do this. She wants to go, uh, give a statement about Carlos. We see Kim in a hearing looking absolutely gorgeous in a, uh, uniform. Can I just point that out? I think she looks very good. I don't think it's true. What Yoko said early on about how it's not very good for women, the uniform. I completely disagree. It looks very, very nice. Um, Kim going through a statement. She keeps. Wait, was it, or was it, was, or was it Bosco that said that? Not that it matters, but... Well, one of them. You know what I mean. Um, yeah. Kim ulti- yes, yes. ultimately giving a statement saying that uh, she never said anything to me. And then she stands up even more for Carlos. Basically says we've got a tight family. He's never really fit in. That he's very good with his job. And that she's seen him basically every day for four years. And that she doesn't think that he would do it. So what a great little speech here from Kim about Carlos. And I think it's just a nice little moment. Um, you know, I think the thing that I really appreciate about this and kind of their build up of the Carlos character and sort of his family ties, which they'll really, you know, sort of implement a little bit more next season is it sort of leads up one of my favorite random little scenes that I have and one that I hopefully will nominate at least for a top five moment, even though it happens in the very first episode of season six is kind of the, the final scene between Kim and, um, and Carlos, um oh yes yes just such a nice little scene between the two of them so um yeah kind of i i like this little speech from kim yeah they and they i don't think they were ever really friends but by that point they definitely had a lot of respect for each other yeah yeah no i definitely definitely agree with that uh meanwhile emily comes home charlie doesn't know she's on drugs emily says it wasn't eric she took the drugs herself cool um (laughs) and i honestly i honestly think well i mean of course this would disappoint any parent but i honestly had the feeling that when 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 she told faith that that no i he didn't make me do anything i did it myself Mm. Yeah. I honestly think she was disappointed because she okay, she lost her chance to 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 arrest to have him arrested. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that's what to, they're going to for. To hold him on something. For sure. That's like definitely what kind of they are going for with that. Um we then get uh Yoko's laying in bed. She has another flashback. It's about her first day uh on the street. And kind of this coincides with it being Emily's first day at school. We uh, did have that story at some point, didn't we, from Fred talking about her first day of school, being so nervous for uh, her and waiting around for her to uh, hang out there. I just love the fact that Yokus has come home and she's completely forgotten that it was a daughter's first day at school. So um, I guess that's the point. They're kind of showing it that Yokus is so sort of stuck in a job that, uh, you know, she's forgetful about these things and, 
kind of she's telling about how she was out there on the job and she doesn't think that she can do it. And, um, you know, ultimately we know that that's not going to be true because otherwise we wouldn't have watched four and a bit seasons of Third Watch as her as a police officer. Um, right. And then we have this scene between Yokus and Fred talking about missing everything. Um, she said, the reason I became a cop because you were drinking. Um, yeah, again, we're just recycling this over and over again, aren't we? Like, well, was me. Yoga yeah. hasn't been there for her kids and she wants to correct things. And like, again, this isn't even going to be the last time we have to visit this topic. So like, it's, we get it. <laughs> Move on, damn it. And then Fred obviously says like, why didn't you leave me? And it's like, oh, I guess you grew on me. So, you know, okay, fair enough. Uh, let me get another montage ending. It's been, uh, what, a whole episode since we had a montage, but we get, uh, the great version of Mad World by Gary Jules. It's sort of a, it's a very nice version of the song, uh, that was very big, I guess. I think it got very big after Donnie Darko from memory. I think that's kind of what made this song really big about this period of time. Donnie Darko is an absolute piece of shit of a movie. I don't know why people like it, but anyway, that's another. Yeah. I, I watched I watched that I watched that movie um during my freshman during my freshman year of college and I honestly thought it was it was very weird. It's, yeah. It was a very bizarre movie. I think it's one of these ones that you meant to watch multiple times, but like my sister loves those type of movies and I just I just don't get Donnie Darko. It's kinda of like I'm a huge, huge, huge Jim Carrey fan, but Eternal Sunshine Eternal Sunshine's of the Spotless Mind is a dumb movie. So maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand them. I don't know. Uh, but throughout this montage, we have Yokus and Emily on the bed having a conversation. Good for them. We've got Bosco just driving around, staring at city lights. Animals being arrested. Uh, Emily and Yokus fall asleep on the bed after chatting. We get this really weird zoom-in close-up on Animal's face. Uh, it's strange. And this all ends with what I'll say, potential nomination for a top five moment. Uh, it's a pretty big moment. Bosco goes over to Cruz's house to see how she is. Um, she's in a bathrobe. And she's then she show, and then she shows him just how she is. She's just had a shower. She's talking about how it took three years for, uh, Letty to go downhill. And then Cruz essentially gets a little bit close by saying that, uh, no one's ever done this before, coming up to check up on her. And then they have sex, uh, by smashing a mirror and then just getting a little bit passionate. Can I just say it's, it's like, it's weird how they start because it's not like they just kiss. Like they sort of do this weird hug. Oh, no, they, they, oh, I was going to say they go right into well, it, but go ahead. But just the way they sort of kiss and sort of, they do this weird hug where they kind of just fall into each other's necks more so than actually kissing. But, uh, I mean, this is really, reminiscent like, slightly of Kim and Bobby finally hooking up, but this is the first time in a long time that we've had two main characters hook up. Yeah, okay, I guess you would argue Davis and Taylor and Taylor and Bobby, but even when both of them sort of got together, it wasn't to the extent where there was, like, a build-up. And even then, I wouldn't necessarily say there was a build-up for Bosco and Cruz. Like, it kind of was slightly implied, but... It just happened. I, I mean, I put this up there with Kim and Bobby's hook-up, not the other one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm nominating this up there for a potential top five. Again, we've sort of got four key moments that will be 100% in our top five this season. I just feel that we've got to find that fifth moment, and we've put a few out there. So, here's one that could possibly get over the line. I'm not too sure. But yay, Darvell. Bosco and Cruz are having sex and breaking mirrors. So they've got seven years of bad luck coming their way. <laughs> yep, they do. And, well, Bosco 
Definitely. I don't know about Cruz, but Vasco. Well, I mean, I would argue that Cruz has some bad luck coming her way in a couple of seasons, so maybe a little bit worse luck than uh, Bosco. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> maybe. 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 So that brings us to the end. Collateral Damage Part 2 is done. Davel, are you buying, renting, or binning? Mm, I'm giving it a low rent. A low rent. I... For one, am also going to agree with you. I am going to put this just slightly ahead. And I think kind of what really puts this over the line for me is the flashback stuff, even though it shouldn't be in this episode, should be in another episode. Um, the fact that we've got some great acting, some, you know, good scenes in between these moments. And also the ending is, you know, obviously very memorable and one that, uh, you know, we, uh, as I said, it's possibly in the top five. You could argue that in some ways it sets the course for the rest of the show. Uh, absolutely. Completely agree. I mean, that's really going to come into play, sort of, particularly for the next episode in 1013, isn't it? So, absolutely agree with you there. Good point. Um, and so that, that does take us over the line there with that. But having said that, on my current scale, I do have this as the lowest rent. Uh, this is just above <laughs> Collateral Damage Part 1. So, uh, I still have this as a very low ranked episode. Well, let's keep them together. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So, uh, there you go. That is Collateral Damage Part 2 done and dusted. We just mentioned it. 10.13 is next. Uh, a lot more crew stuff. We really sort of, you sort of said setting up for the uh, rest of the season. We we really start this Bosco. Well, the rest of the show, actually. Yeah, well, we really start this cruise yokus conflict, I feel, in this episode. We've kind of had a few little glimmers, but our our key conflict between these two which is quite prominent for the end of this season, moving forward into season five and even into season six. Um, yeah, that it, that it comes to its uh, beginning here. Um, we also get a bit of Sully stuff going on as well uh, and some other stuff going on too. So, uh, yeah, 10.13, pretty good episode if you uh, if you don't mind yep. me saying so. Yep, I would agree there. Indeed. Anything Indeed, else you want to add to, to it? Lots to get to. Lots to get to. Nope. We will definitely get to that next week. In the meantime, if you like this show, and you should because you're listening to us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on all our relevant channels, and you will get yourself entertained all the time because that's what we at least strive to do. Uh, I say that very yep. loosely. Um, but we'll be back next week. My name is Ben. And what did you say your name is again? <laughs> My name is Darvell, uh. and... I'm sorry, I'm just not naming my son Maurice. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.